before we start, I would like to mention that the talk that will be given from time to time it's mostly to clarify the practice and to understand what we are doing. It is very practical to try to limit the explanation that will be given according to what we are practicing. Tonight, uh, I would like to explain a little bit more about the question that was asked uh, two weeks ago. And the question was, uh, when the inventions, the five inventions, when they come up, shall we watch them? Shall we look at them? Or shall we ignore them? So this will be the main topic that we'll try to clarify. And from there, we will proceed to explain various uh, attitudes and various also other approaches to the meditation in general. So before we start uh, talking about that, I would like to briefly uh, talk about again what we uh, discussed before. Uh, so I will make a review of what we have mentioned uh, this time. said, you know, about uh, when the course, the retreat started, we said that uh, basically that understanding comes first. So we have to understand what we are doing. So understanding is fundamental and it is coming first. So understanding of what? So we have to understand what is happiness and what is suffering. understand also that happiness or suffering depends on our actions. Okay. And actions are three types, like bodily actions, verbal actions, and mental actions. We have seen also that uh, the causes <coughs> of our actions is Is aloba, alo, aloba, alota, amora. So this is uh, greed, hatred, or delusion, or the opposite, non greed, non hatred, or delusion. Those are the, the six causes. Okay. And uh, if we divide them in two, we come to see that uh, they can be classified in the kusala or asusala, that is, wholesome, that wholesome actions or unwholesome actions, basically. Because of that, we have to develop, we need to develop a kind of discrimination. We need to develop a kind of intelligence and also a kind of seeing the things and putting a kind of evolution. Because otherwise, how if we cannot differentiate between what is <coughs> profitable, what is wholesome, what is uh, unprofitable, what is uh, really unpleasant results, then it, it will be very difficult for us to. Uh, to take, uh, to take the measure uh, to achieve the goal that we want to achieve. 
So as a practical way, we talk mostly about sila, uh, which is the morality, which is virtue. And uh, we define sila as the sila is a mode of mind and mental evolution manifesting itself in body and speech. And from there, we introduce a type of principle. We call it the, the formal principle, that is the it goes like this, so it starts from the grass, you know, grass uh, manifestation of things, and then it, it goes to the more subtle. So by introducing the, the formal principle, we said that by controlling our physical actions, which could test our mindfulness, we can come to a more quiet mind and understand how it works. That is from the broad physical actions, you know, by observing the sila and then observing uh, what we are doing, <laughs> then we come also to be aware of the more subtle aspects of the actions, that is the mental actions. So first we start with uh, controlling to be aware of what we are doing and then observing the precept, not doing things that will be harmful to other people and things that will be harmful to our self also. Then the mind quiets down and also the mind has a kind of anchor to which it can you know, settle down and then be more quiet. And then with the quiet mind, then it's much easier to see, ah, this is the mind. You know, I can see, ah, this is my mind, this is my motivation, this is my intention, this is my volition. So from the gross aspects of, uh, of what is there, we come to the more subtle aspect that is the mind. Also from there, we talk about what we call the, the trumpet principle, that is like a gramophone you know, like a recorder. So if we, like the old recorder, you know, the gramophone, then you put a record and then the music goes on. But the thing is that uh, just a little bit of scratching on the record make a huge type of uh, sound. So if we are not sure of, of which type of music or which type of thing we want to hear, we put the volume very quiet. And when the volume is very quiet, then you can hear carefully. And then if it is sufficient, then you can upgrade the volume or you can just uh, drop it off. So by practicing meditation, <laughs> we come to develop a quiet mind. And then we can see, ah, oh, this is not so good motivation. Maybe if I have a better motivation, the results are going to be more pleasant. So this is what we are trying to do with the Samatha practice. also we talk about the restraints of the senses and the need to be aware of which type of mode our mind connects to when the senses the five senses when they uh, impinge on the respective object like when we hear sound or when we touch things with the body or when we smell or when taste which type of mind do we entertain which type of mo mode is it the kusala mode or akusala mode so uh, we said that by restraining the senses then we can be aware <laughs> of uh, we can be aware of uh, the type of mode that we are having so the, the restraints of the senses can go very deeply but we just touch them very superficially so that's all 
too because the mental action which is very important no there is this physical action verbal action and then the mind so because mental action is very important to the practice we talked about yogamukta uh, manasikara that is uh, wise consideration mental doing according to the truth so it is a mental kind of activity this is uh, this is what we call a manasikara and nimitta is uh, the proper uh, appropriate uh, wise type of uh, mental activity we also mentioned that meditation is a natural process saying that it's all about the refinement of our mind and that goes with the natural law so it's a natural law that uh, when we observe the precepts and then when we start to practice the meditation then the mind is getting more quiet and then eventually when it's very quiet <laughs> we believe it can it can uh, some jhana or you know like uh, see the things of the eyes if we go to the vipassana so it's very natural then at that time the question arose that okay what shall we do with my hindrances when they come up shall we observe them or shall we not observe them and then uh, the worthy attitude that we are uh, brought forward so i will explain you know, to what they what they are so the first answer that we gave is that uh, uh yes you should observe the hindrances when they come you should be aware of them you should know them and then you should clearly understand them and try to get get rid of them by seeing them looking at them this was the first answer because if we don't know what is an hindrance how can we get rid of them how can we understand how can the understanding grow hindrances you know we talk about sukala and asukala so in the antasara nikaya one of the buddhist pali texts it is said about the nirvana the hindrances and it's called the ease if one were to say of anything the ease of the unwholesome it is about the five hindrances that one would rightly pursue for this is a complete ease of the atikala that is the five hindrances and the five hindrances are sensual desire ill will sloth and torpor restlessness and remorse and doubt so it's obvious that uh, we should know them should know what the hindrances are and we should look at them but then also if we talk according to that uh, formal principle from the gross to the subtle we, we see that uh, at the beginning it's it's important to see them and to distance them you know what the sila expressed and also at the indaya sangara response of the senses and at the basic level we have to see okay now this is hindrances and this is not going to be very profitable so how shall i get rid of them this is when we start it's very important to uh, to know that kind of thing like for example if we are a gardener and uh, we want to plant the tomatoes 
it's very important for us to see at the beginning uh, if there are weeds. And you should see the difference between weeds and the tomato plant, where the weeds are composed of cucumber plant. If we cannot see the, the difference, then we will pluck the tomato and we will just create the weed. Also, uh, if, uh, for example, somebody he wants to learn uh, car driving or car racing, you know, to go very fast with the car. Or if somebody wants to learn very high tech type of uh, mechanics engineering with the cars, how the computers work in the motor and things like that. And so I said that you know, this is the goal that you want him to achieve by the training he will have to a garage or with a So a person, you know, who wants to achieve that kind of profession, then it's obvious, you know, that when it comes to his car, if the car is having a flat tire, he should know. Now this is a flat tire. It has nothing with high. It has nothing to do with high tech technology or you know high speed uh, racing. A flat tire has to be repaired. If you don't repair your flat tire, it will be very difficult to go very fast. And the same thing, if there is no oil in the in the tank and in the in the oil thing, then of course then you will have some problems. Or if there is no water, or if your windshield is full of uh, dirt, dirt, uh, you know, dirt, and then full of kind of uh, two inches of snow, well, how can you drive properly? So it's very slick. We don't talk about that, you know. We don't say, okay, when you come to your car, check if there are uh, you know, tires, uh, if the tires are uh, correctly tilted or if the windshield is clean and everything. We don't talk so much about that. The person, basically, he will know that this is something that uh, it should be, uh, it should be looked at at least much more. Those five entrances, we should be acquainted with them, we should know them, and we should, uh, you know, be very familiar with them. This is on the basic level. So this is one attitude, that you have to look at the entrances, know how they arrive, and know how they disappear, and understand the, the basic principle of them. So the second attitude is that uh, the person has asked you know, ask the same question, you know, oh, should I look at my entrances when I, I am meditating? And the answer is no. You don't look at the entrances. So this is, you could say, a thought or an answer according to the, the, the formal principle, you know, that I will just explain again. So those who have not seen that. There is a that's a big funnel when you when you pour the water, then the brush. If you don't, if you are not so clever, you need a big uh, big diameter, right? But if you are very clever, you don't need to have such a big uh, type of uh, diameter for for your surface. But this type of surface, this is quite enough. Hmm? So, if if somebody is very familiar with those things of Sila and you know the basic uh, sense uh, response, then the answer will be no. Because we are dealing with samadhi, and then the samadhi is emphasizing, you know, the uh, meditation of this. So this is the, the smallest type of funnel that is meant to be used. Because, for example, when we have a meditation object, 
for example, the mind, and by keeping the mind constantly on the breath or the nita, or if it is the four limit meditation on the four limits, etc., then the endurances, they are no time to come, they are no chance to get in. And then when you just focus again and again on the meditation object, then the mind by itself, it can uplift, it can go up, because it's no more uh, bothered by those five hindrances, just by keeping on doing the practice and just keeping on again and again the meditation object. It's a little bit like a, like a plane that is going up, you know, when the plane is going up, then the pilot, you know, when the plane is going very, very fast and it's almost ready to, to land up, then the pilot, he is just putting his full energy to the motor, he's taking, taking the wings and uh, everything is fine, and he's just looking at the front and going full speed. He just, he doesn't stop to look at the car and, uh, you know, to look at if there is enough gas for the travel. No, no, this is done. This is something that is already achieved. So he's just looking forward and uh, He's just looking at the seats and then how, how long he, he is going to remain there and then lift up and let's come out. So the same with the Kamakama. If we observe the meditation, if we observe the subject of meditation very carefully, then at a certain point, the mind will let go of the five senses. You know, we will have no more of the distraction that we are used to and uh, the mind will get so much uh, interested and so much of... Uh, joy in, in it that it will uplift itself and it will not be bothered anymore with the five hindrances and the, all the things connected with the senses. It's a little bit also, you know, like the those who develop the jhanic consciousness, it's kind of special because we don't, the things that bother you normally, we don't, uh, we don't, they are not there. They, they are not important anymore. You know, you can look at them very objectively. And you can see it's like, uh, you know, in the first world war, when they started to use the Montgolfier, you know, those big balloons, and then they go up in the skies, and, uh, and then those people who were using <laughs> those type of, uh, you know, air balloons, it was down there, what is going on in the battlefield? And then they, they could see all the enemies doing that, those enemies doing like this. And so then, you know, very objectively, they, they could add a plan of everything. And then they can understand much more. And uh, they could, uh, they, they had much more advantages. And also, uh, they were not, uh, like in those days, it was difficult for the people from Ganaim to see from those things that were so high in the sky. And if we take a very common example, you know, it's like, uh, you know, those gadgets that people have nowadays in the car, you know, it's called a GPS. So, yeah, so it's like that a little bit. Like you drive, you know, and then I don't know, there is some uh, kind of lady in a satellite somewhere and uh, you can see she can see how fast you are going and how long you need how long how long you need to reach your place and what time you arrive and uh, <laughs> it's kind of amazing <laughs> and then the lady says oh, turn left turn left or turn right sometimes
before watch the breath and then calm the breath and just look at the breath you can see that uh, it's like a like a radio when we want to listen to good music Sometimes a friend will tell us, oh, this channel, there is such a good music, you know, you should listen to that. But then how do we reach the channels properly? If we just go and uh, without looking at the numbers at the radio, if we just go and try to, to, to pick up, okay, now I think maybe there is a good, good music, you know, positive music at, at this channel, but we don't look at the channel and uh, we don't look at the number. We just go and we hear, okay, and there are about 3,000, so you just go on and you just are crazy discoveries. There are commercials and it's very easy to know that we, we are going to miss uh, the channel. Or maybe we really think that it will take a very long time. But if we remember the, the number, the, chan the, the channel number, our friend told us, for example, 17.40. So we say, ah, this channel, you know, the music is there. So when we have our radio, we don't listen to the music. We just look at the numbers, and then there are the needles, you know, the, the, the and then we just uh, try to look it very, very sharp, just at the number, you know, just precisely on the number that we are aiming at. Then at that time, when the, when the, the indicator is just there, then we listen to the music. And then, of course, you know, to, to rightly uh, tune, then the music is going to be according to our plan. And then at that time, we can listen to the music. So the same thing with Anapana. At the beginning, we don't pay attention to the hindrances, not so much attention to the thoughts. We just look at the object, the Anapana Sati object. And then once we get there, then we see what is happening. And then later on, when we have reached the soul with that, and then eventually to develop it to the Nimitta stage or to the jhana, then when you look at the mind, then you replicate, ah, the mind is like this, and then you have a very clear uh, picture and a very clear feeling of uh, what is the mind. And then from there, you can, you can broaden your perspective, and then you can really, you know, like understand what is going on both in the mind process and also in the physical process. Also, I like to compare that to a musician. You know, those musicians, they just play only one instrument, and uh, when they practice, they are so patient. They just take one note, and then they practice and listen only to one note to make it very perfect, whether it is, whether it is violin or piano or flute. Or only one note, you will see that the sound is really there, and it will be really, really rustling. When they get the sound very pro properly of only one note, they feel, you know, they get so much experience. There is so much harmony that uh, only one note can contain the whole symphony by itself. In one note, there are all kinds of vibrations and sub-vibrations and, you know, uh, harmonics and all kinds of things that uh, somebody listening properly will be able to pick up. It's the same thing with our breath. For example, when we observe the breath, then it becomes very subtle, and then we observe the breath again and again. And then, if we do it on the long run, then we see, ah, from the breath, you are able to know your mind clear. And then after you are 
The first uh, approach is called Samatha uh, Sudangana Vipassana. This is somebody who is practicing the Samatha, somebody who is practicing the tranquility and uh, calm meditation, and then later on he is practicing Vipassana. So first he established himself in the practice of the calm meditation serenity. After that he goes on to the practice of Vipassana. The second approach that is given there is called the Vipassana Sudangana Samatha. That is somebody at the beginning is practicing Vipassana. And then when the Vipassana is kind of not uh, is being limited then naturally or because the person wish, then he develops the Samatha practice. But first he gets himself established in the Vipassana. So this is the second way of the approach. A third way of approach is called uh, Samatha Vipassana Nidhanagda. That is the combination of the Samatha and the Vipassana. That is the yoking, the putting together the practice of the calm and serenity. For example, uh, the Venerable Sariputta, I mean one of the chief disciples of the Buddha, it is said in one of uh, his discourses that uh, this is how he practiced to reach the Aramsit. And uh, how he did that is that uh, first he attained the Dhyana, you know, he practiced the, the Samatha and, uh, and then he attained the Dhyana. And then after attaining the Dhyana, then very fast he moved out of the Dhyana attainment and then he looked at the the jhanic the consciousness and the jhanic experience and, and then he, he practiced the vipassana on that consciousness. After that he goes back again into the attainment and then he goes out and then he practices vipassana then he goes back to the samatha in the attainment and then he goes out. So he is attaining, acclimating very fast from the jhana to the vipassana, from the jhana to the vipassana. So this is called the yoking together, the samatha and the type of approach is somebody who is practicing only vipassana. So he is not doing any samatha. Only vipassana. So this is very difficult. But some people are there. So uh, I would like to tell some stories that I know from it. And I will compare those four types of approach. Or I will just try to make a simile. And uh, the simile would be with the, the, the dogs. You know, when people are petting dogs for a walk outside. So there is a way, you know, to pet a dog for a walk. And then I remember <coughs> a kid who was about uh, six or seven years old. And uh, his parents at, all, uh, at the house, they had the big uh, German shepherd, you know, a big dog, but he's a very small, eh? so from time to time, the little boy will say to his parents, ah, I would like to have, a, you know, to take the dog out for a walk, then the parents will say, yes, okay, then they will come, so then he will take, put the leash, and then he will just wait outside, eh? 
Après, tu avais des voix tout hautement, même de Jack, la tour des voix de Jack qui a Another way to walk around is that uh, since the foot decays, you know, it is that you could that type of leash, that, that, that type of leash that is extensible, right? There is a kind of uh, kind of gradual yeah. Yeah. So you go with your dog, and then if the dog wants to go and smell something on the other side of the sidewalk, you know, just this, and then you just use the leash, and the dog is there. that way it's very it's much more easy and then you have the sense that uh, you are going for a walk and also the dog thinks oh, I want to now I go, I go everywhere and I forget about the master but actually you know both both the case too they are they smell back and forth it's for self-awareness you know whatever you observe in your awareness you, you are doing much knowing what is going on but you are also very flexible to what is Way, not really to walk a dog, but uh, uh, a, third, a third way to go out with a dog is that uh, I remember someone told me that once he came back from Asia and then he stopped on the west coast, you know, after Canada in Vancouver. And there he was waiting at the custom, you know, in line to pass the patient there. And after, after a few minutes, <laughs> the door in the back. just going around and smelling every luggage, every seat and every passenger, you know, very carefully. So they were looking for something. They were not, you know, going around uh, everywhere and uh, really, they were, they were looking specifically for something. So this is the first way is a little bit of the samadhi, you know. We develop samadhi and then we have to use that object and then we are training the mind just to watch that same object, you know, <coughs> and then to be very careful and to be able to keep that subject in mind for a very long time. This is just a training. And later, what we do is that uh, we are able to analyze the object, we are able to analyze the observer also. So this is just a training to, to get some kind of uh, mind muscle or uh, the power of the mind for proper
Oh, there is another way, another way to train the dog. Well, not to train the dog, but to, to wait for a dog, you know. And it, I think it's more orthodox. Yeah, that's why I didn't invite this guy back. From the Sanyuta Nikaya. And uh, the point with the dog is that, uh, okay, we can take the dog for a walk. And, uh, but the point is that we need always to take a walk and uh, just going around and around. And there is no end. Every day we have to do the same thing. So in that uh, sutta, we describe the life of people. It is just going on, you know, with suffering and then death and uh, born again and arise and so forth. You know, I think that's a one-sided type, one-sided type of uh, explanation. So they say, you know, after saying that uh, that the round of existence is endless, you know. They say that uh, suppose the dog tied up on a leash was bound to a strong post or pillar. It will just keep on running and revolving around that same post or pillar. So you see, the uninstructed whirling regards materiality as self, feeling as self, perception as self, volition, formations as self. Consciousness as self. It just keeps running and revolving around materiality, around feeling, perception, volition, volitional formations, and consciousness. As it keeps on running and revolving around them, he is not free from them. He is not free from birth, aging, and death, sorrow, lamentation, pain, displeasure, and despair. He is not free from suffering. But the instructed noble disciple does not regard the five aggregates as self, etc. And then, by not uh, seeing the five aggregates as self, then he gets free from suffering. He does not get, uh, you know, carried around uh, in the round of uh, birth and death and sickness and everything, just by the seeing the five characteristics of anatta. Of watching the dog, the dog is used to, uh, to, see, uh, uh, to, to look at the face of the person who is uh, taking it for a walk. So, this is about the dog. And, uh, I would like to mention, you know, like uh, this week I was walking out and uh, I was seeing, seeing, uh, seeing, I think. The we have really wonderful visual dogs. You know? So I was seeing on the on the post, on the post which is which was written. Dog waste. Transmit disease, contaminate our drinking water, is a threat to the health of our children, and degrades our community. Please purge and clean after your dog. It's the law. It's the same thing with the five and branches. <laughs> so whatever you want to do with them, you know, you can wrap them in a newspaper, you can put them in a plastic bag, or you can put them in your pocket. Try to get rid of them. There were a few questions. 
that they were written, and then we will try to answer them. If you have any questions or things which we should not, we should take it either on or off. first question is that uh, is a person actually meditating if they are a beginner and have not yet attained the first jhana? So I think it's very easy and you will not have to travel. <coughs> so of course you know that meditation starts from the beginning as soon as you are honest, sincere and wanting to understand what is going on in your life, what is going on in yourself, then you should meditate. Of course, you are meditating, no doubt. So the second question is, how long does an average meditator have to spend doing samatha meditation practice before he or she will attain the jhana? <laughs> <laughs> to say that uh, it will take a long time. <laughs> <laughs> but the other thing I would like to ask, you know, the person that has written that, it's not to blame, you know, but uh, why do we call ourselves average? Why do we do things in a very mediocre way, you know, very medium, and just, okay, now I am just an average meditator. Why are we not special? Why are we not fully interested? Why are we not fully enthusiastic <laughs> and, you know, realizing what we are doing? Then we become not an average meditator, we, we become a special meditator, whatever we are attaining. No? And that's, I think it's very, very good that you should appreciate, you know, you should develop that, uh, that kind of uh, thing. So, the third question was, what are the most common errors in practice that prevent jhana from being acceptable? What mistakes do you continually see us making? Some cases, some cases, is because the sila is not really, is not really proper, you know. Sometimes it's because the sila is not proper. But uh, sometimes also it is because uh, there is too much thinking, you know. We just, you know, especially Westerners, we are thinking too much. And then also we are investigating all the time the wisdom factor, condition, very strong. But uh, the fact of wanting to understand everything blocks the possibility to attain the, the jhana. Because in jhana, you just have to do it, you know, and then keep thinking like that. And uh, that's the same thing in uh, vipassana, and, you know, investigation is good for vipassana. Not for, not so much for jhana. Another reason would be that uh, the people who drop the object, like whether it is anapana or sotina, or the they drop the object too soon, and then as soon as they start to feel a little bit comfortable and calm, and then they switch instead of continuing with that same object, you know, they switch to the to observing the joy, or they switch to observe the body feeling, and then how they feel, and then also of course they switch to analyze what is going on there. <coughs> and uh, another reason would be that the lack of continuity, because continuity, you know, like uh, 
to keep the object of meditation continuously whether you are lying down or walking or whatever you know all the time this is very fundamental if you don't have that uh, continuity then you then the success will not uh, will not come but also there is another reason is that tamasa is definitely not necessarily for everybody but as, as we have seen in the four approaches there are some people that first they practice vipassana or first they practice you know the four limbs meditation or first they practice uh, vipassana in general and then they develop the jhana or sometimes they may not develop jhana at all so it's not uh, it's not much uh, official role but uh, but those are the comments that uh, that uh, we can see i think that uh, that's that's much for me another question is that uh, is there any suggested time to sit in the hall with the shadow or is it totally up to us to decide yes it's up to you so if you want to you want to be here and if you are comfortable then it's really a wonderful opportunity to sit with the shadow another question is uh, please explain more about what is vipassana what is truly essential to understand is it possible to have deep liberating understanding without attaining jhana number question number 6 so i just have a want to to answer hmm? number 6 question <laughs> number 6 maybe number no, five Number five, five, you can explain like that. Mm-hmm. All right. <coughs> Please explain more about what is Vipassana. Nechadi vasena uvi dehi agarehi dhamri pasridi vipassana. This is the definition given in Atta Salini commentary. What is the meaning of vipassana? <coughs> There are four noble truths. You heard already understood. Hmm. Number one is the noble truth of suffering. Number two is the noble truth of the origin of suffering. These two noble truths are the object of vipassana. What is the noble truth of suffering? Sankhe dena vinchu badane kanda dukha. In short, or in brief, five aggregates of clinging are called Dukkha Sitya, the noble truth of suffering. This is the object, number one, the object of Vipassana. Number two, noble truth is the noble truth of the origin of suffering. What is the noble truth of the origin of suffering? According to the Jairana Sutta, the dependent origination is the noble truth of the origin of suffering. 
Past causes produce present effects. Present causes will produce future effects. Cause relationship between cause and effect, you should try to understand. If you understand the cause relationship between cause and effect, such type of understanding knowledge is called the knowledge of the noble truth of the origin of suffering. These two noble truths are called Sankara formations. They are the object of Vipassana. With a concentrated mind, please focus your body to see Kalapas. <laughs> your body is composed of with composed of subatomic particles called Kalapas. Now, with a concentrated mind, please focus your body. Can you see this Kalapas? Now, this is the reason. Concentration is very important, but there are two types of concentration. Excess concentration and jhana concentration. If you don't want to practice jhana concentration, you must practice excess concentration. That is pure vipassana vehicle method. If you want to practice Biwa Vipassana, you must practice four elements meditation. This is mentioned in Visodhi Maga, the path of purification. If you practice four elements meditation systematically, one day you can see your body is composed with small subatomic particles. If you see small subatomic particles, again you must analyze these subatomic particles. In each particle, at least there are eight types of materiality such as earth element, water element, fire element, wind element, color, odor, flavor, and nutritive acid. If you gain Concentrate four elements in each club. Such type of concentration is called excess concentration while you are practicing four elements meditation. Such type of excess concentration is necessary. Other than that only, you can understand adimic materiality. Then you can continue to design adimic mentality. Adimic materiality are the clinging aggregate of materiality. Ultimate mentalities are the clinging aggregate of feeling, perception, formations, and consciousness. So these five clinging aggregates are the object of vipassana. But you must continue to design dependent origination. Past causes produce present effects. Present causes will produce future effects. Cause relationship between cause and effect, you should try to understand. So this is again noble truth, the noble truth of the origin of suffering. Five clinging aggregates in these dependent origination patterns are the object of vipassana. They are called formations. These formations are as soon as they rise, they pass away very, very quickly. So they are nature and permanent. They are always oppressed by rising and passing away, so they are suffering, Dukkha. 
There is no permanent entity, permanent substance in them. So they are another non-self. If you contemplate these formations as nature, impermanent, dukkha, suffering, and another non-self, such type of contemplation is called vipassana. So if you want to practice real vipassana, first you must try to understand pikeling aggregates. Secondly, you must try to understand dependent origination. Without understanding pikeling aggregates, without understanding dependent origination by your direct knowledge, if you practice vipassana, then your meditation cannot be real vipassana because you do not understand real object of vipassana. But according to my research, some meditators, they practice poorly means meditation only. Usually they get this ultimate materiality, ultimate mentality. But when they design dependent origination, they cannot penetrate past causes. Some meditators, more than one month, they try, but they cannot see past causes. This is problem. At the day, they must, because their concentration is not enough. The light of wisdom is not so bright to penetrate the object of previous causes. At the day, they must practice samatha again. Very difficult. Very difficult means they can practice dependent origination. First, they must design ultimate materiality and ultimate mentality, both internally and externally, many times. At that time, only they can design ultimate mentality and materiality up to the past life. At that time, if they pay attention to any object, whether it is internet or external, as soon as they pay attention to that object, that object becomes subatomic particles called kalabas. So if they practice samatha, they must do solid object, such as casino, for example, art casino. Art casino sagal is necessary. They must practice, if they want to practice art casino. As soon as they be addition at Gasina Sagal, Sagal disappear, it becomes small subatomic particles. So very difficult to concentrate on the object. So at that time also to practice samatha is a little bit difficult for them. We can do nothing. They cannot design dependent origination. They cannot practice samatha again. How do we can do? So at that time, very difficult. So because of this reason, usually, before they are bright design, we pass usually we teach samatha pass. But if they don't want to practice samatha, we directly teach them for elements meditation. Does not follow this with the vipassana meditation. 
will that mean in the future have to achieve the H and attainment again before starting Vipassana practice? In the future means in this very life or in future existence. What do you mean? <laughs> this life. Uh, there are two types. For example, Benariva Divadada. Huh? Do you know Benariva Divadada? Benariva Divadada is brother-in-law of our Buddha. The brother of uh, Yasodra. He ordained as a bhikkhu under the Buddha. He practiced Samatha. Within rain, one rains retreat within three months, rainy season. He ordained eight as well as five mundane psych powers. But one day he won't begin to become Buddha. <laughs> So he do sikhism, sikhism in Sangha. Because of this reason, his adamus disappear. His fight mundane side powers also disappear. He cannot re-establish his concentration again. So such type also possible. Another type is maybe in Sri Lanka. <laughs> Commentary says one example in Sri Lanka there is one bhikkhu. He also added Abdu Adamus as well as five mundane psychic powers. Because of negligence. Huh? Negligence he lost his jhana adamus as well as five mundane psychic powers. He disrupted. One day, many bhikkhus in Samdira saw him only pam. He is called a day Panyavuk, burning Panyavuk. His body began like a chako, chako, black color. So many Samdiras gave joke. So other than he began very sad, and then he imposed his past experience. One day, I can sit under this tree. From under this tree, I can touch more and some by my hand. <laughs> but such type of power lost because of negligence. So, you should do, you should see my example. Please, negligence is very dangerous. Please do not negligence, and this way he admonishes. So many bhikkhus gain a lot of sense of spiritual agency. On the way, they practice samatha and vipassana. Maybe sixty bhikkhus begin rahat. So because of negligence, also some jhana adamus disappear. So if you don't want to disappear. Then please practice every day. 
if you want to maintain jhana, then please practice every day. Because of negligence, also this jhana can disappear. Maybe without practicing casino, if you can penetrate first and second noble truths, it is okay, not necessary to practice casino. You can directly go to Vipassana. There are also such type of meditators in Dino Buddha as well as in this very life. Hmm? Some meditators, if they practice four elements meditation only, they can directly go to Vipassana up to the realization of Nibbana. So it is also possible. But some meditators, we cannot say easily. When practicing dependent origination, there are many difficulties. They cannot penetrate past causes. Such problems occasionally occur. But we cannot reach others' mind. This meditator, this yogi will have such problem or not, we, we do not understand. So because of this reason, if they want to practice casino, then we teach. If they don't want to practice casino, at least we urge them to practice anambana abdu, both jhana. But if they don't want to practice anambana, then usually according to his own desire or her own desire, we teach Four elements of meditation directly. Then the other question is, please explain what is ultimate reality. There are four types of ultimate reality. Number one, Chaita consciousness. Number two, Chaita Siga, mental factors. Number three, Ruba materiality. Number four, Nibbana. So there are four types of material uh, reality, ultimate reality. If you want to attain Nibbana or to realize Nibbana, you must contemplate number one, number two, and number three, ultimate realities as nature took up. Another. Number one material uh, ultimate reality is consciousness. Number two ultimate materiality is Chidesiga mental factors. This Chida and Chidesiga consciousness and mental factors are called Nama mentality. Ruba is materiality. These are ultimate materiality and ultimate mentality. But they are embamene ultimate materiality embamene ultimate mentality. Nibbana is pamene ultimate reality. So Nibbana is nature pamene reality. 
Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.